feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Only Rita, meet a maid, not even come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Breaking news. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. It is a big primary night in New York and in Florida and elsewhere. And, of course, we have all the big election developments. And joining us now is our newsman, Bob Brown, for the primary results. Some of the polls closed just a little bit ago, but results coming in. Go ahead, Bob. Nine o'clock. Well, the the two big congressional races here in New York for our national audience was the um, is the 12th congressional district and the 10th. Let's start with the 12th. Uh, Jerry Nadler. Um, who is now the projected winner over Carolyn Maloney, both veterans of the House in New York here, uh, with 58% of the vote in. Now they're leading 25, uh, 55 to 24. That's a substantial lead. Again, he's been the projected winner here for the Congressional 12th District. In the 10th, where you've had a uh, potpourri of candidates running, at least at least seven, eight, nine people, including and the people from around the country, remember Liz, Liz Holzman, uh, was our congresswoman back in the 70s yeah. and 80s. She was attempting to make a comeback tonight. I don't think she's going to make it. Uh, right now, there seems to be a horse race, and it's interesting because it's a horse race between favorite Dan Goldman. He is a... Um, he is a retired. He is an, a, a businessman, a very rich businessman. And for those of you who in the know here, Goldman was the former prosecutor in the uh, Trump administration, who actually impeached former President Trump. Anyway, he is leading local assemblywoman, assemblywoman Uline Nia, twenty-five to twenty-four percent, and that's with right now, I believe. 99% of the vote in there. So uh, no one saw this coming, basically, here. Everyone, I think most people I talk to, most news outlets I've been staying on top of were going with Dan Goldman almost like a uh, slam dunk. But Yeah, that's not, amazing that, that it's is, a close at this moment. And, and the Nadler-Maloney race, that's a big disparity in yeah, terms of the difference right now. He's, I'm, su- I'm surprised Carolyn Maloney didn't make it a little bit closer so far. Yeah, and by the way, I think about everybody listening to, remember Jerry Nadler during that debate, he couldn't remember, he was like senile, he couldn't remember if he had impeached Bush twice or Trump twice, that was that famous debate moment. So one committee's short, right, Uh, Nadler's Ways and Means, and, no, he's judiciary, excuse me. Judiciary. Carolyn Maloney... I had it written down. She had a couple different committees. Yes, this, yes. And she's, this is That's a long time. on my desk. I'll have to get that for 11 o'clock. Long time two major committee members, right, in the House. So um, let's go down to Florida. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Big race. So, so, Flo- so who's going to go against uh, Ron DeSantis? That's the biggie. I will tell you who's going right. to go against it. In November, Ron DeSantis will be facing former Governor Charlie Crist in the governor's race. Crist beating out... Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed tonight. Chris has spent a lifetime in politics, much of it as a Republican. So um, we're going to see if he can get back in down there in Florida. So that's the latest uh, with the Florida situation. Again, Jerry Nadler, the projected winner in the 12th Congressional District here in New York, in the 10th Congressional District, which is the new 10th Congressional District. We had redistricting here. It's a whole different story. No, but that, uh, that changed the dynamics change here a everything. lot. It did. It changed the dynamics here a little bit, Bob, in the sense that you 
suddenly you had these two sort of uh, Democratic, well-known candidates that suddenly had to go up against each other that weren't competing against each other before. So talk about how redistricting affected things. A lot. I mean, supposedly uh, Nadler and Maloney could have gone off in different directions to other districts, but they decided, hey, this is my district. No one seemed to to surrender, but uh, and that's how they ended up uh, squaring off tonight. But the redistricting, uh, it was it was really something. Uh, you're talking about you're talking about people, uh, the gentleman who composed the master plan from upstate New York, trying to figure out congressional districts in New York City, who's moved out, whereas population is less, where populations have gained. Uh, it's a very complicated situation, but I know there was some controversy because it was conducted by uh, an independent judge up in uh, upstate New York. So I don't think some people are very happy about the redistricting. Nevertheless, the district split. You have a new 10th district, which former Mayor Bill de Blasio tried to make a bid for. I think he was he was on the list tonight, way down. He might have been oh, the last way down. Yeah, he, was he, like 0. 7. he was like 0. He was like 0. 0.7 or something. You know like it's that. bad when he was like, they don't want me. They no, don't even want no, me on the list. No, no, no. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the former mayor was trying to make a bid for the 10th. But the, the the big one, the big kahuna would be the 12th as of right now. But the 10th is making it interesting with Dan Goldman and uh, Uline Nia. Again, she is a uh, Democrat uh, assemblywoman from Manhattan. No one saw this coming. I don't know much about her. Do you? No, she's not a very well-known, and you're right. It looked like a slam dunk. I want to ask you about early voting, too. Um, how How is voting turnout? Is there any sense of, like, how things we're going. It's always interesting on a primary. It's never usually as as the big of a deal. Primary, was it July, June? Uh, well, there was a couple the, ones. There's one the in Repu- June. Yeah, the one in yep. June in New York. Okay. Yep. yep. Many around the country in the meantime. Now, this is more of a personal observation. My wife and I voted in all these primaries. June, we went. We we're like the only ones in the high school gym. Now, today there was a, a lot of not a lot of people, but it seemed to be more than the last primary. I don't know if that's a Bellwether of how the city voted and all that just because we saw a lot of people at our voting place today doesn't mean that um, the um, turnout was bigger than it was back in June. But at least where I was, they um, they said they said there was they seemed to be pretty busy. Well, that's a so, good sign too. Yeah. That because I think there was such heat and such a tension, and of course, as we lead up to the midterms too, it certainly makes things. So much more interesting. It is a stunning time. Um, so, again, uh, the big headline, it looks like Jerry Nadler, Jerry Nadler uh, projected to win. And Dan Goldman, a maybe. Horse race in the, a horse race in the 10th <laughs> Congressional District Democratic primary. Can you believe that? That's wild. And Charlie Crist, again, is going to Charlie be going Christ. up. Uh, longtime, of course, governor, uh, congressman now, longtime well-known there. Of course, who switched parties. Remember all that, like, mm-hmm. flip it, all that back and forth. He is going to be going up against Ron DeSantis. We know that some of the, in Florida, some people are hoping it was Nikki Free would have been the first um, woman governor in Florida. So I think there was kind of like a interesting, an interesting uh, sideline to that. And you know Republicans, I mean? and, um, yeah. people were saying that Republicans were actually voting for Nikki Free yeah. because they wanted her to go up against DeSantis. They thought DeSantis would beat her uh, much more handily. That would be interesting. I wonder what the numbers were down there. I, I haven't checked that out, but that would be interesting uh, how much uh, Chris um, gained over her compared to what she uh, what she uh what she has. I'm well, come back in the next I'll hour, okay? I'll see if I okay? can find that out. All right, Bob okay. Brown, and our great And I'll find out the, 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 the panel that Carolyn Maloney heads. We got uh, Jerry does is the judiciary. I just... 
I have it on my desk. You'll I get can't it. Think of it. You'll get I'll it. You have an hour to get, get it. it. All right. It. Our great newsman, Bob Brown. Bob, thank you so, so much for the recap. Again, another very big primary night here in America. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. A horse race now in this district. It's a tens district in New York. Uh, and of course, Jerry Nadler looks like he is going to beat Carolyn Maloney, two veterans uh, in the Democratic side. And then Charlie Crist, well-known Democrat, going up against now Ron DeSantis in Florida. That is going to be a tough race. And boy, it's going to be interesting. We're going to keep you posted on all the developments as they come in here on the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, we have a blockbuster show tonight for you. We have Rudy Giuliani is going to be joining us in about five, six minutes to talk about this blockbuster report that actually John Solomon broke on our air last night. And it was really powerful where John basically revealed documents that everybody is now talking about today, essentially that the White House basically waived privilege. I want to play cut 17, actually, in a moment, because this is where the White House, basically the Biden White House, waived executive privilege to basically say, you know what, National Archives, you can take a look at these documents and you can give them to the FBI. When I say give them, these were the documents that Trump had. So this is really extraordinary because when has it been that a sitting president has basically waived executive privilege? Because remember, it's their right to waive executive privilege of a former president. Think about what a huge can of worms that opens. And apparently that was indeed the case that the Biden administration waived it. And what that means, by the way, is an enormous detail, because what that means is, although the Biden White House has been saying they knew nothing of this investigation, they had no idea. They had no idea of the raid. They had no idea of anything. It's like. What investigation of Trump? We have no idea. Now we're finding out that clearly people at the Biden White House had to have seen a request from the National Archives, which said, do you basically waive executive privilege? And then we can send these documents off to the FBI to decide if they're dangerous to be out there, if it's national security, what the issues are, what the issues aren't, because the National Archives can't just hand them over to the FBI. It has to basically be, can they be waived? And that normally is the sitting president who would have to do this. Think about how extraordinary this is. So what it means is the Biden White House definitely was aware that there was some sort of issue between the National Archive documents and classified, potentially classified documents, and that they basically gave the blessing for the National Archives to then give it to the FBI to review it, which basically jump-started the investigation because then the FBI looked at it and said, well, wait a minute, some of these things shouldn't be out there. We need to take a look at it. We need to examine this. We need to decide at this point. And then that's when they basically went back also to Trump and said, you know, we need this information. This is classified or this is something that would, you know, be shouldn't be out there in the public domain. But what's really fascinating is all along the Biden White House has essentially said, guess what? We had no clue. We have no idea. We had nothing to do with 
any of this. And now we're finding out from this document that guess what? That's not true. So this is a blockbuster. And does it show to you that now the Biden White House has some splaining to do? Because we heard from the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she was like, uh, we don't know anything about it. We don't know any details. We don't know anything. You know, basically, I know nothing like Sergeant Schultz. And it turns out they clearly gave the green light for them to pass those documents on to the FBI and basically jumpstarting this process. So it certainly shows that at least somebody in the White House was well aware of that there was these issues and these questions. So let me just play for you. This is John Solomon last night breaking the big news here on the show. Take a listen. As the Justice Department was ramping up and getting close to starting a grand jury investigation, which started in mid-May, the uh, president, uh, through his uh, counsel's office, the White House counsel's office, President Biden, gave permission to tell the archives, you can waive President Trump's claims of executive privilege. That short-circuited the FBI and the Justice Department having to go to court and, and try to pierce the privilege that Donald Trump might claim. Instead, Joe Biden just eviscerated the privilege and said, you can have at the documents. And then within a couple of days of that decision being made, a grand jury was convened. Within a few weeks of that, a grand jury subpoena was served upon the president of the United States. And within a couple of months of that, a search warrant was searched. Joe Biden and his White House counsel's office and his White House are directly involved at the ignition point of this criminal investigation. Wow, what a blockbuster. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to the one and only Rudy Giuliani to get his take on all of this. And what does it mean now that clearly somebody in the Biden White House clearly gave the green light for this investigation to take place and for the FBI to have the opportunity to review the documents? Rudy's going to talk about that and also the fact that now there will be potentially... We'll see. Maybe a special master or somebody independent looking at these documents. We don't know that yet, but we know that the Trump team is asking for a motion related to that. Will they get it? What does it mean? I actually think they absolutely should get it to have integrity in this investigation and fairness to the president. And so everybody has confidence in the investigation for so many reasons. We're going to talk to the great Rudy Giuliani after the break. one 800 848 the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show, this blockbuster news that... The White House, at least the counsel's office, and you would assume the president would have to know, basically waived executive privilege, thereby allowing the documents from the National Archives to fast track and go to the FBI. So clearly the Biden White House knew something about this investigation that led to ultimately the raid of former President Trump's home there in Mar-a-Lago. They've said all along, oh, we know nothing. We know nothing. But, boy, are there a lot of questions tonight about this and so much more. And who better to join us than 
the great former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, great to have you here on the show, my friend. It's always great to be with you, uh, Rudy. You you cover it just about as clearly as anybody can cover it. It is very complicated uh, times and very complicated issues, and you really rip them apart and get them out there for people to understand. I really admire it. Thank you, my friend, and you too, and it's so important. You and I both care so much about justice, Rudy Giuliani. I I just want to get – I have so many questions about the raid and the special master. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I first want to get your reaction, Rudy, to the fact that uh, the White House clearly had to waive executive privilege to enable the National Archives to be able to send the documents to the FBI, which basically fast-tracked all this stuff on President Trump, the White House all along, Biden's White House, has said they knew nothing, had nothing to do with it, weren't aware of anything. What does this say to you? Well, it says to me that uh, it probably establishes for, I don't know, the 200th, 300th time that Joseph Biden is a complete pathological liar. Uh, every day he lies about something. This was a a very serious thing that he lied about because he, his attorney general, his FBI, have done more to damage the Fourth Amendment since uh, George III. I mean, we have the Fourth Amendment in order to avoid the catastrophe that occurred at Mar-a-Lago. That is a general warrant. Now, if anybody knows American history, and I know we don't teach it any longer, One of the five major reasons for the Revolutionary War were that the English would barge into our homes with general warrants, and they didn't specifically have any probable cause. They didn't seek anything in specific, and it allowed them to rifle through the entire home and just look for things and take things. Now, it's quite obvious that this warrant is a piece of garbage. It's a desecration to our Constitution. It took nine hours of searching, which means it was not a specific warrant. That alone makes it illegal. Number two, there is nothing illegal about the president of the United States, the former president, to have with him documents when he was president, that he was engaged in a process with the uh, Office of the Archives of the United States in determining which ones should be returned. By the way, he can also keep a copy of them because they're his records as well. These are all records while he was president. He also has the power to declassify them. So to call them classified is a complete fake news. There are so many things wrong with this. If somehow our courts don't realize that the Democrats have destroyed the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Look, it was destroyed when they broke into my house. It was destroyed when they broke into my law office. It was destroyed when they went at three and four in the morning and woke up. Roger Stone and this one and that one and this one. They were acting like, I remember, I think Trump may have used the word stormtroopers and he was being uh, castigated for it. They acted like that. They acted as if there is no 
guarantee of security in our own home. They ripped our doors apart. They took apart our privacy, and they have burned that part of our Constitution. So this, they should go to jail. You know, as we're listening to all this, Rudy, and do me a favor if you could stay with us, um, because I want to ask you when we come back your reaction to gonna, the double I'm standard. Give you a prediction too. Going to oh. give you a prediction, and I'm going to guarantee the prediction for tomorrow. Oh, okay, good. I'm going to hold you to that. Stay with us if you could, Rudy. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we're going to have more with Rudy Giuliani right after the break. He's making a prediction. You heard it here, so let's see what Rudy has to say. Um, and also. Boy, so many questions with the double standard of justice, difference between Bill Clinton and the way President Trump was handled. Also, the idea of a special master. So there's a lot of layers that are coming fast and furious. And will part of the affidavit finally come out maybe as early as this Thursday? A lot more with Rudy Giuliani after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very powerful story coming from Summit County, Utah, where authorities say three children were pulled from a sinking car with one of those children being underwater for several minutes. Deputies responded to a reservoir after reports of a submerged car with three children inside. Deputies say that a nine-year-old and a two-year-old were rescued from the vehicle. Another nine-year-old boy was rescued after being underwater for more than nine minutes. That boy is in extremely critical condition. The incident occurred during a family outing on a kayaking trip. As the kayaks were being loaded, the vehicle rolled off the boat ramp and into the water with the children still inside. How scary. And the vehicle was at least 20 feet underwater. The area is described as remote with limited cell service. Wow. And thank goodness the deputies were there and able to help those kids get out of the car safely. And that is why it's always so important to remember and appreciate our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking about what should be equal justice for Republicans and Democrats. And this new blockbuster report that the Biden White House basically gave the green light for documents that were with the National Archive to be handed over to the FBI and hence jump-starting the investigation into President Trump, who just filed a motion himself a couple days ago, basically saying there should be an independent party looking at the documents. Well, joining us now, continuing to talk about this big development and also his own prediction is my friend Rudy Giuliani and and Rudy you mentioned you have a big prediction that you want to share with us go ahead yeah the prediction is either well probably on Thursday when the affidavit is revealed you will find out that it is completely lacking in probable cause that it is a joke that it's a general warrant that it lacks a really solid information on which any magistrate, except maybe one who was friendly with Epstein and had to recuse himself because he was prejudiced against Trump, but didn't do it this time, would uh, would act on it. I think it will turn out to be a absolute uh, disgrace of a warrant. Uh, it, it, it's obvious, actually, when you consider 
that the only reason this should ever be done is if it was a grave national emergency to intrude on a president who actually was following the letter and the spirit of the Presidential Records Act, which was demonstrated in the Wall Street Journal today. He had actually cooperated with them. He had let them come to his place. They had secured it. The documents were as secure there as they would be anywhere. They have never been tampered with. And the judge, the magistrate, the Epstein magistrate, gave them 11 days to execute the warrant. So 11 days means this is nonsense. I never remember 11 days for any warrant I ever asked for because I was asking to get evidence of a crime. You don't get 11 days to get evidence of a crime. You get 11 days if it's a political, unconstitutional warrant. And then as FBI agents, you don't take the weekend off before you execute the warrant if it's a serious warrant. You know what's interesting? You know, Rudy, Rudy, your point is a good one. Idiot lawyers in America who, because they've been blinded and brainwashed, can't even seem to use basic knowledge they learn in constitutional law. An 11-day window to execute a criminal search warrant? What the hell is that about? And Rudy, and Rudy, by the way, and and Rudy, 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 by the way, too, you know, what's amazing is the reason that what you're saying is so important is because they clearly said that we had no other way to do it. Um, This was the least intrusive way, which is like, really? Like, in other words, it was such a national security crisis. We had to go in. But to your point, you're right. They sat back. Well, now, now there's going to have to be evidence, very, very solid, proven evidence that they had no other way to do it, when in fact they had done it another way three times without any interference. And these warrants were not uh, – these warrants didn't come up with things that were destroyed. This isn't uh, you know, 33,000 emails that were destroyed or documents that were bleach bit. Or, or computers that were smashed up. Look, they took all my computers, about 22 of them. None of them were smashed up. None of them were bleach bit. None of them were erased. And they gave them back to me and found nothing. That was based on a warrant given by a judge. Well, they, got it. they came away with nothing. That's the FBI of today. They execute warrants that remind us of the English who occupied us before the revolution. They have destroyed the Second Amendment. They should be ashamed of themselves, and they should be thrown out of office, and and they should be prosecuted. I mean, the president, I think, has an excellent Fourth Amendment civil case against them, and, you know, so do a lot of other, other others of us. Do you know they went and got my iCloud the day I began representing Donald Trump? Wow. One and a half years ago. Talk about attorney-client privilege. That's outrageous. They don't believe in the attorney-client privilege for Donald Trump. Well, they wouldn't have raided his lawyer's offices. When, when, when has the Justice Department ever raided lawyer's offices except these unconstitutional fascists who believe there's no constitution and they can rip it up? That's what it means to be a fascist to step all over people's rights. 
It's amazing. And by the way, Rudy, one of the things that President Trump has asked for, as you know, in this motion was a special master, somebody independent to look at the documents for the same reason you just said, because he doesn't trust that. Look, they grabbed his passport. They grabbed attorney client privilege documents in there. Of course they did. How important is that? There must be documents from me to him when I was his lawyer or Jay Sekulow or, or, or Jane or any one of us. I mean, those are all attorney client privilege documents. They're not any less attorney client privilege because they involve Donald Trump. What did he become a non citizen? I mean, it's, 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 it's absurd. And this is all being done as a political vendetta. Do you know how dangerous that is for our republic? Do you know the danger they have put our republic in, these, these, these Democrats? But, you know, from the very beginning, they've been involved in an insane mission way back in 2016 to try to remove them with the phony purchase false information about Russian collusion. And every time they get caught in a lie, they go tell another lie, and the press believes it. They lie about Russian collusion. They lie about the hard drives. They lie about my being and other people being Russian agents. They lie about the stolen election, and they lie about J6, and now they're lying about this warrant. Now, do you believe, Rudy, that when, if indeed, if they do reveal this uh, affidavit, which may happen as early as Thursday, um, do you think you you mentioned that you think it's going to show X? Do you think we'll really see it, or do you think it's going to be so redacted that nobody's oh, going to say goodness. anything? They are. They are. <laughs> believe me, it'll be so redacted you might not be able to tell it was even Marlaga. Right. 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 I can see everything being taken out. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It might they, it might sound like they executed in Delaware. Maybe they should execute a warrant in Delaware. How about we go find the offshore bank account that the that the uh, Ukrainians were offering the FBI a year and a half ago, and the FBI never did anything about the damn Joe Biden offshore bank account that purportedly has a couple more million dollars in it. That's amazing. That? Yeah, can That's you in the hard drive? Nobody wants to look at it. Wow. By the way, Rudy, think about if the Republicans take the House, do you believe um, that the Hunter, uh, you know, a big guy investigation, all of that's going to just open up a huge can of worms? Yeah, it's no longer will be the Hunter Biden investigation. It never has been. It's the Joe Biden investigation, and it's the Democrat Party investigation. Because I'll give you another prediction. There are a couple more involved in it, not just Joe Biden. Joe Biden was not the only guy shaking down China, shaking down Ukraine, shaking down Ukraine. It was it was like a money pit for a bunch of Democrats and a couple of Republicans. Wow, that's explosive. So do you think because of what you just said, do you think the Republicans will want to go there? Or do you think they're going to be nervous to go there themselves? They're going to be nervous to go there themselves. Why do you think they they helped cover it up? Why do you think they've ostracized me? Wow. Boy, will that be interesting. I know it. Look, so far, when when, when when, when have I not been right? After they're torturing me as a Russian agent, was I right? After they said the Joe Biden investigation was debunked, 
when I first brought it out three years ago? Did I turn out to be right? I mean, so far, uh, I'm batting a thousand and they're batting zero. What do you make of the fact, Rudy, that people, the FBI agents who were part of that crazy Russia hoax, that it's the same guys who are now involved in this of Trump, of Mar-a-Lago? What do you make of the fact that it's the same group? I call this Act 6. You know, each one of them is yet another attempt to frame him. And these people are evil, which is why they would fix an election. And why they would go to the kinds of lengths they went to to uh, uh, get him out of the presidency. Well, that's a sign, obviously, of desperation, because as you can see, it's only emboldening President Trump. Um, Are you convinced more than ever he's going to run? Knowing him. I mean, I'm I'm giving you my opinion, not not a uh, not something he said to me, but I will say it's based on observations of him a little bit closer than most people get. And I would say, yeah, he's going to run. And and I know this sounds self-serving, but he's going to run because maybe he's the only one who has the guts to straighten this out. And don't you think the American public, just as you said, the people that are watching and especially the Republican Party is saying they want a fighter. I mean, even now more than ever after what happened with the raid, they want someone who's going to fight back. They're going, wait a minute. Um, I think if anything, it reinforces the message for Trump, don't don't you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure all Republicans want a fighter. We got a bunch of Republicans. We might as well not have. I think all good Americans want a fighter. Americans who believe in the Bill of Rights, Americans who can see through. If by now you can't see through these professional liars who have a greed for power and a hatred for Trump that is destroying our republic, then uh, I don't know. Either you're not very intelligent or you've been brainwashed or maybe you're a communist. Well, we want justice. Um, Rudy, stay with us. I want to I want to play a comment here. This is from MSNBC. This is Barbara McQuaid, former U.S. attorney. And this was her reaction to Trump's filing where he claimed that obviously he wants this special master. He wants this independent party. Uh, take a listen. It's really unclear to me why lawyers would have signed their names to this document. It is really just a long rant by Donald Trump uh, talking about how he's yet again a victim here. And then here is Glenn Kirshner, also on MSNBC. He's a former federal prosecutor, also saying that Trump's filing could actually backfire on Trump, which is incredible to me. But take a listen. Donald Trump, when you read this absurd filing, um, it really reads more like a fundraising email than a legitimate legal brief. You know, I think real lawyers cringe when they read through that uh, that court filing. But it's not going to help him in a court of law, but it may end up hurting him in the court of public opinion. Here's how. We hear over and over again that the Department of Justice only speaks through its indictments and its court filings. Well, you know what Donald Trump just gave the Department of Justice the opportunity to do? Speak in a court filing that responds to this ridiculous claim. He fashions it a motion for judicial oversight by appointing a special master. We can talk about why that dog won't hunt. But now Merrick Garland's prosecutors get to put in writing into the public stream 
responses to all of his ridiculous and often false claims in that motion he just filed. So this could actually turn out uh, really bad for Donald Trump. You know, it's amazing, Rudy Giuliani, as we continue here. Are you kidding me? He's asking for an independent party to review it. Like, uh, to me, it's uh, what a ridiculous comment. I've never heard of either one of them. I, I doubt that they have any kind of a distinguished career as prosecutors or much experience, because if they did, they would know that a special master is almost always granted when there's a claim of privilege. There was a special master granted in my case when my documents were seized. And the special master went through every – and I must say, to the credit of the U.S. Attorney's Office, they acceded to it because it's the normal course of things. The two idiots you just have on obviously don't know that, which tells me they have very little experience in the practice of sophisticated criminal law. Exactly. Like how could you say that him wanting fairness – And the fact, you know what's amazing, Rudy, as I was listening to both of those comments to Rudy Giuliani, was the fact that they're saying, oh, no, no, they normally don't put anything out. This DOJ has been leaking like a sieve. Look at all the leaks that have been coming out in New York Times and in Newsweek. To me, that's ridiculous. Nuclear material they leaked. right. Right. And to say that, like, to me, that would be the first argument in court saying, listen, we got to get the affidavit out because they're selectively releasing things. So you should put out the whole affidavit. Why should they have control over that? Like, to me, if I were Trump's team, that would be the first argument, or at least the media, that would be the first argument in this case. Because remember, it's the media that's representing them there. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's amazing how they get away with these ridiculous statements. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Also, how could it possibly be nuclear material? And the magistrate gave them 11 days so they can hang around and get a good get a good rest before they did the search. I mean, this is absurd. Go talk to any law enforcement agent on a serious case. You don't get 11 days to execute a search warrant, Rita. It's incredible. And over National Archives materials, Rudy, you know, I've covered White House and politics a long time. Uh, There's always this back and forth over National Archive documents, uh, what should be kept, what shouldn't. It never gets to the point of where there's some FBI raid or the thought of some criminal investigation. And the fact I think about with Bill Clinton, he lost the nuclear football. You know, he physically lost it. But where's the charges against that? Oh, the, the double standard has been terrible for five or six years, but somehow, somehow it gets worse and worse to the point where you wonder if we have a criminal justice system left. Yeah, it is stunning, Rudy. Um, so what's your message for this week? You think we'll see the affidavit, but it'll have just a few words in there, A and the? <laughs> yeah, I think it's eventually going to come out the hard way. This is all a matter of history. And they've, look, they've gotten blown up. They got, they got completely blown up on the Russian collusion. They got blown up on the hard drives. They got blown up on the Russian agent thing. They're going to get blown up on the rest of it. They're going to get blown up on J6 as having been a bad thing, but exaggerated way out of proportion, which also they've left out a lot of the people who manipulated it in order to hurt Trump. Plus, They've disgracefully ignored the death of Ashley Babbitt, which, by the way, is inhuman. 
to do that. I don't even think you're a decent human being if you do that. Well, and on, on to that point, there are still so many unanswered questions. And you're right. Why have we not heard directly from that person, uh, that law enforcement official and others? That case, it's like they don't want to talk about that case, the January 6th. They don't want to talk about even Cash Patel the other day was on the air talking about how uh, he was there when President Trump uh, requested uh, to have 20,000 National Guard. And that apparently, according to Cash Patel, uh, the D.C. mayor turned it down. So why are we not hearing from the D.C. mayor? There are so many sure, unanswered and we, questions, thousand percent. And we, and we have Tony Bobulinski saying that uh, Biden got money from the Chinese, that he knew all of all of uh, his son's foreign contacts. I mean, there were witness after witness after witness. What are they all lying? I've got 500 witnesses that election fraud 500 well i i think there are still so many unanswered questions and that's why it'll be fascinating if the republicans take the house uh and maybe the senate uh maybe we'll get a whole bunch of different new answers rudy thank you thank you rita great job oh you too my friend so great God bless you, too. Great to have you on here. The great Rudy Giuliani. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to be taking your calls. What do you make of all this? Lots of questions here. Do you think we're going to finally see the affidavit? Rudy says it's going to basically show it was an unwanted search, unjustified search. Um, I agree. I think it's going to look very thin. But I think we're not going to get a lot on Thursday. We may get something. And I think that the president is entitled to an independent party. What do you think? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And... I don't think there's any love lost between the DOJ and President Trump. And now President Trump requesting an independent party, a special master, to look over the documents that the FBI seized. I think that is absolutely appropriate. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris in Memphis. Chris, your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. Um, Yeah, I don't think... Even if we take the House and Senate, if there's a chance for that, I don't think there's going to be any accountability for Hunter's overseas dealings. Um, We had the House when we first learned about the whole Burisma ordeal, and I don't know if it's the whole rhino syndrome or if we just enjoy being on the ropes. There's too many Republicans and not enough conservatives. That's an interesting point. Do me a favor, Chris. Stay with us if you can. Um, We're going to continue talking with this after the break. So stay on the line, Chris. And we're going to continue, everybody, with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you think they'll have the guts to investigate Hunter and the big guy? And should Trump get a special master? 
feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. And in just a few moments, we're going to continue, of course, talking about President Trump and his motion and also the potential investigations that could happen should the GOP take the House and the Senate in the midterms. And, of course, a lot of things that happened tonight could come into play with that, including big primaries that took place in Florida and New York. And joining us now is our newsman, Bob Brown. Uh, Bob, fill us in. Give us the latest on uh, big races. Okay, the big one, of course, was the uh, is the 12th Congressional District. Jerry Nadler is the winner over Carolyn Maloney in the hotly contested 12th District Congressional race, beating Maloney 55 to 24 percent with 92 percent of the vote. Somewhat surprising, as we're talking about here in the newsroom. As a matter of fact, we could see on the TV how uh, emotional she was. We were just talking about that. Maloney conceding tonight. Uh, Nadler chairs the House Judiciary Committee. Maloney uh, chairs the uh, Oversight Committee and Ref- uh, the Oversight and Reform Committee. So they've been um, involved in chairing these panels for a long time uh, in the House. Now, in the 10th Congressional District, that is the new redrawn district coming out of redistricting here, redistricting in the uh, New York area. It seems to be a very tight race tonight with Dan Goldman leading Yuli Nia uh, 25 to 30, uh, excuse me, 25 to 23 percent. That's with 92 percent of the vote in a major surprise here with Goldman seemingly the favorite. Uh, Uline Nia is an assemblywoman from Manhattan. I don't think anyone saw this coming here. Uh, Goldman, for our folks out there, is a former prosecutor in the Trump administration who actually helped impeach the former president. And we also had the 10th Congressional District had a potpourri of candidates, uh, well, at least eight, nine. Yeah, all and, over the And place. one of them, as sure as our listeners will know, is Liz Holzman, who was our congresswoman back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, she, at the age of 81, attempting to make a comeback. Good for her, though. But yeah. uh, it did not uh, seem to uh, turn out that way tonight. But I like <laughs> the fact that she was at least running. Oh, that yeah, was, no, yeah. I, I, you have to like that. You know, and obviously... I, you, you know, uh, Florida, too, Bob, too. Big in, races. All right. In yep. Florida, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, he's going to face Congressman and former Governor Charlie Crist in the governor's race. Talk about making a comeback. Uh, Crist beating out Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed. Crist has spent a lifetime in politics, much of that time as a Republican. He garnered 59 percent of the vote. Freed had 35 percent of the vote with 90 percent of the vote. And uh, many people in Florida are we're kind of hoping maybe this we can see their first female governor uh, if uh, Nikki Freed had actually won tonight's primary. It was a possibility. They never had a female governor before, so that made that a little bit interesting down there. So, um, and also, of- and by the way, also in Florida too, Bob, um, Matt Gates, um, well-known uh, Republican congressman, he wins. And Maria Salazar, I just saw, just mm-hmm. came in. Uh, she handily won uh, her seat there in Florida. So some names are staying. Coming back here uh, to the 12th, why, why do you think Maloney got, got beaten so badly? Uh, that, really, that really surprised me. I'm I, trying to figure that one out. It is a biggie because um, as folks listening, of course, around the country, in New York, Carolyn Maloney, uh, three decades in public mm. service, 
Um, also, Nadler, public service, long time. Two longtime veterans. He yeah. got some big endorsements, though. And that's what I was thinking, too, um, when you were just saying that, Bob, that he got Chuck Schumer's endorsement. He got a number of other big endorsements. I believe he got Chuck Schumer. That was just yesterday, right? Yeah. So I think that some of those things actually did potentially catapult him because he didn't have a good debate, as we were talking about. It's mm-hmm. the famous debate. Everyone's been playing it where he couldn't remember if he had impeached Bush twice or he voted to impeach Trump twice. Of course, he had voted to impeach Trump, but he said Bush in the debate and he was seemed out of it. He was rambling. So it wasn't his debate performance that catapulted him. But I think um, and what do you think, Bob? I think he had the machine behind him, the political machine. He got a number of key endorsements that seemed to help him. I can't disagree with what what you're saying, but it just just the fact that it was a lopsided victory. Okay, I, okay, I could see him beating her. Okay, that's right. But this these kind of numbers. What was the numbers I had again? Yeah, uh, fifty five to twenty five. Um, and by the way, she is also right. she's you know she's a longtime congresswoman, well known, hard working woman, more yeah. moderate too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. That's the other message I wanted to ask you from this. Bob, because you and I have been covering politics a long time. She took more of a moderate lane. He took a little bit more leaning toward progressive, as did mm-hmm. also the Patel. I also think the third person who was in there, uh, the main one, the other sort of third challenger, Patel. Um, right, right. He took, the... seemed to take away a lot of votes from Carolyn Maloney. Okay, that I have, that I have to go. He was, uh, he's a professor at NYU, I believe. Yeah, and he Patel. ran against her bef- yeah, before. Yeah, no, so... that's, I would have to go along with that, too, that he... Possibly the third. That always, it's always that third candidate that will start to siphon off the vote. So yeah, that that's a, that's a possibility, but uh, very surprising. I know this is way way early to answer this question. What is the future for Carolyn Maloney? Yeah, interesting. Well, I, I was watching her tonight. I've known actually Carolyn Maloney a long time, um, and she is you know what what people call sort of a, a reasonable Democrat, someone who bridges over both sides quite a bit. Um, I think that's. I think she's somehow going to want to be active in politics. I don't. Not, yeah, I do she's, not see her leaving politics. I don't at all. see either. She's. She is someone who uh, loves politics, loves it in her veins. I see her doing something in a in a big way. Maybe it's at a think tank, or maybe it's maybe it's helping with the Democratic Party in New York State, something like that. But I don't think uh, it's stunning to see this night because. Had that district not been redrawn, she probably would have won quite significantly in her old district. But she had a new district, mm-hmm. and she had also another well-known Democrat that she was going up against. So it, w- it was a tough feat. Yeah. But, uh, boy, interesting developments tonight. Bob Brown, thank you so oh, much. thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Great work, my friend. Wonderful to have you with us, Bob. Thank you. And we are also talking about, as Bob was talking about, uh, third person, Liz Cheney. Maybe that third person in the next go around who could try to put a dent into President Trump. And meantime, President Trump, of course, filing motions this week saying that he wants a, quote, special master to look into the documents that the FBI seized at Mar-a-Lago. And now we're getting word, as we just reported, uh, that essentially the White House did know. This White House, the Biden White House, waived executive privilege, enabling the documents to go to the FBI. In other words, we're not going to keep that executive privilege right because they were the current White House. You can have all the documents and you can go ahead and investigate President Trump. I think it sets a very dangerous precedent. Take a listen. This is John Solomon describing it. When the raid occurred, uh, they said that they, uh, they, they weren't in the loop. They didn't know about it. 
But it turns out months before uh, the raid occurred, at the beginning, the instigation point, the ignition point of the criminal investigation of Donald Trump's handling of presidential records and classified materials, the White House was directly involved with the Justice Department, the FBI, in doing multiple things. First, they gave permission for the National Archives to give Donald Trump's collected materials, the materials that Donald Trump himself sent back in February, to the, uh, to the FBI and the Justice Department as part of a criminal investigation. So they opened the door and jump-started the investigation. And meanwhile, they said, oh, no, 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 we don't know anything. And they're not even looking at Hunter Biden in any shape or form. And remember, if you ask Joe Biden, hey, what's the deal with your son? I don't know any business deals. I don't know anything. I've never met anybody. And we know that there's a million pictures with Joe Biden and the business partners. I mean, there are just so many double standards here. It is stunning. Let's go back to Chris in Memphis. Chris, you've been so nice. Sorry we had a break there before. But you don't think, you think that even some of the quote sort of, I guess you could call it rhinos, that they might block an investigation, you think, of Hunter Biden? I I, I seriously think so. I, I I would almost put a bet on that. As I said before, they... They had complete control, House and Senate, for Trump's first two years, and so much could have been done then, but it seemed like there was more pandering than even gloating that you know we controlled all three branches. Um, and what's been coming out lately, it's, it's just more – I almost want to boldly use the word evidence that they're not going to do anything. Um, you, you might have enough calls in from constituents into them to push for hearings, but they'll do that to pander to the base and they'll be onward. I think the biggest mistake Trump made when he was contemplating starting his own party but decided not to because he didn't want to break up the Republican Party, the Republican Party has been broken up. Uh, these rhinos and the rest of them just calling themselves Republicans that pander to conservative values to get into office, and then their net worth rises, you know, six, seven, eight figures. And we're literally stuck here holding the buck. And, I, and I you know, this, and you know the sad thing it. is, uh, then we never get to the bottom of it because the American public, we deserve justice, and justice has to be equal. Um, Chris, thank you so much. You are terrific. Chris calling in from Memphis. Thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back, we're going to be talking border with the former head of ICE, Tom Homan. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. The numbers are stunning. A new report that 5 million migrants will have crossed the border under Biden's tenure so far. That is a stunning number. And those who are dealing with the crisis say they are overwhelmed and it's the Biden's policies. Take a listen to Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff Daniels. Well, you have the criminal cartels that are recruiting and controlling this criminal enterprise 
at the hands of human beings. And it's horrible from everything from death all the way to expectation of children. This is horrific going on our southern border. It's amazing that anybody could take an oath of office and allow this to happen in America in today's world. It is very sad. And joining us now is Tom Holman, the former director of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, under then-President Trump. Tom, great to have you here on the show. Thanks for having me. You know, Tom, these numbers are stunning. You know them all too well. You've spent so much time at the border and know it uh, very, very well. Five million believed to have crossed, and that doesn't even include the gotaways. That's under President Biden overall his tenure. That's a staggering amount of people. Yeah, it's going to be about five million by the end of this fiscal year, which is uh, October 1st. So you look at four million encounters by the Border Patrol. And we're at we're over 900,000 gotaways. We'll be right around a million by the end of fiscal year. So, yeah, you're looking at 5 million. And out of that, we know the administration has already released 1.7 million. The gotaway is another million. That's 2.7 actually released in the United States. But by the end of fiscal year, you're going to have well over 3 million people that entered the United States illegally and are here. It is unbelievable. And yet we keep hearing from Alejandro Mayorkas that the border is secure. What What's your reaction every time you hear that? Because he seems to think, you know, what are you talking about when people say it's open? He has no integrity. I mean, I used to respect the man back on the Obama administration. And when he, when he was deputy secretary and Jay Johnson, Jay Johnson, who I do respect, when we had a thousand entries a day, that was a, that was a bad day. He called us all in. I know what more we could do to, you know, cut, shut the border down. A million a day were bad. Now we're getting a seven, eight. I mean, excuse me, a thousand a day was bad. Now you got seven, eight thousand a day, and I'm hundred my Yorkshire says there's not a crisis. Look, he's lying, and he's basically playing the White House talking points, saying the border's secure. But when you have almost a million gotaways, people that enter the country illegally and just got away because Border Patrol was too overwhelmed to go get them. I mean, these are these are gotaways are they're on film, they're on drone traffic, they're on sensor traffic. These are recorded gotaways. And we don't even know what we don't know, how many people entered this country that didn't trip a camera, didn't trip a sensor. There's big parts of the board has none of that technology. So, you know, it's well over that number. So he he simply has no integrity. He's lying to the American people. And the men and women of Borbacho, every time he says that, they get so frustrated because they're working 24-7 dealing with this historical surge. Last year was historic, 1.7 encounters, 1.7 million last year. That was a historic record. And this year, we're going to have over 2 million. We're blowing last year's numbers out of the water. So the, the men and women in the board have lost respect to them. They have, and they feel abandoned by the secretary and, and the president. You know, we continue also to wonder why isn't President Biden even talking about fentanyl? Because that's a huge issue as well, as you know. He's not even addressing it. Is it because he doesn't want to address what's happening really at the border? Well, look, he, he says his policies are humane, and it's just another lie. Because he says his policy humane, but I like to, you know, the president knows we got over 100,000 fentanyl deaths. And DEA says 95% of the fentanyl comes across the southwest border. And it's easy to know why, because up to 70% of border agents are no longer on the line. They're in facilities processing this historic surge. So when you only got 30% of the line covered, that's when the gangs and the criminal cartels move the fentanyl and heroin across the open border. Now, on top of the 100,000 fentanyl overdose deaths, you got 
over 1,200 migrants have died since Joe Biden became president. 1,200 migrants have died on U.S. soil. Now, last week, the number was 1,217. Considering they have two or three a day, you know, we're well over 1,230. And so Joe Biden's policy are not only killing a record number of migrants, the numbers that we've never seen before, they'll kill a record number of Americans, numbers we've never seen before. And they want to say that President Biden and myself and our team were inhumane, our policy is inhumane. I would, I would, I would tell them that, well, when the border was at the lowest, lowest illegal immigration in 40 years, when we, were, we had illegal immigration down 83%, which means 83% less people came across that line, how many women weren't being raped by the cartels? How many migrants weren't dying on U.S. soil? How many Americans weren't dying of drug overdose deaths? The Biden, the, the, the Biden administration is killing people. The Trump administration saved lives. It is stunning when you hear the numbers, too, and you know it so well. Everybody, we are talking to Tom Holman, the former director of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, under then-President Trump. And, Tom, what's your reaction to to Governor Abbott, who continues sending the buses of migrants to places, uh, sanctuary cities like New York City, and yet he's getting blowback from New York City officials who are upset about it, but they're not upset at President Biden? I think Governor Abbott's doing a great thing because he's, he's, he's raising the awareness of what's going on at the border. He's sending these people to sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities should want them. I mean, sanctuary cities are sanctuaries for criminal aliens. So if you're going to protect criminal aliens, why wouldn't you want non-criminal aliens? And, you know, in, in both these cities, Washington, D.C. and New York, have record crime surges. However, every time a criminal, every time an illegal alien gets arrested for a crime, rather than turning him over to ICE to be deported, they release him back in the community to reoffend. So is Marion Bowser and, and, and Mayor Adams actually doing everything they can to curb crime? No, because they're releasing public safety threats that are in the country and will back to the streets every day. And so the governor's just sent them to sanctuary cities, either a sanctuary or they're not. And if they don't like it, then end your sanctuary cities policy. I got, I got a word of advice for both of them. They're coming to your city anyways. New York City ranks number three on the pop, uh, illegal alien population of all the major cities in the U.S. behind L.A. and Chicago. Number three. And why is that? Because they can get to New York City. They can get a driver's license. They can get a job. They can even get arrested. And, and uh, local, local authorities can't work with ICE. New York City even has an immigrant fund. They'll actually give them money to help fight their immigrant court case. Who the hell wouldn't go to New York? So if he doesn't want this, number one, end your sanctuary city policy so they're not you know, going to there anyways. And number two, call Joe Biden to secure the border. If they really care, that's what they do. And we just have a few seconds left. You know, Tom, I'm also thinking of there was a recent health fair. Uh, illegal migrants came. Uh, they got free health care. They got education. They got food. There's word they're going to be getting free cell phones. And there was a new report that New York City could be spending $300 million annually to house these migrants in hotels. Uh, these are a lot of perks, and that's a draw to them real quick. Well, the taxpayers, I'll be upset. Look, what really upsets me about this, there's homeless vets out there. We we got, when I was in Phoenix, Arizona, I went by one migrant camp. They were putting hotels at $370 a night. One block away, there's an encampment of, of veterans who are homeless, who weren't getting fed, who weren't getting cell phones, who weren't getting medical attention, who didn't have a bed to sleep in, who didn't have a warm shower, and what didn't have any food. And these are people that served this nation wearing a uniform, and they're left out on the cold, and we're taking care of illegal immigrants. And when you do this, it's just going to bring more because they know they're going to be taken care of with no cost to them.
um, 1,000%. And you're right, our veterans should get priority. Tom, thank you so much for being here. All right, thank you. The great former ICE director Tom Homan, really interesting. And I agree with him. I mean, you sit there and you go, how could we be spending hundreds of dollars on hotel rooms for illegal immigrants and yet veterans, other individuals, U.S. citizens who are homeless or who need help, especially right now with this crazy economy and so forth, they're not getting free housing. They're not getting free food. They're not getting free cell phones. They're not getting a lot of these free things. And yet many of these mayors in these sanctuary cities, they're not complaining about Biden and his open border policies. Tom Homan knows it all too well. He spent so much time on the border. And yet here we are. And he's saying, wait a minute, where is the justice? You know, we want to open our arms and help everybody, but we want to do it the right way. So coming up after the break, we are going to be talking to Sarah Carter, the great investigative journalist. And she has just come back from spending time in Central America. She has been interviewing these people at the border. We're going to get her take, and then we're going to take your calls. 800-848-9222. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great veterans and their families, I love doing this segment every night here on the show. A powerful message coming from Gulfport, Mississippi where an event was held to make up for lost time. Vietnam veterans were honored for their service the way that they should have been decades ago. Eight Vietnam veterans were celebrated with a ceremony in Gulfport to honor their service. Crusaders for Veterans partnered with sponsor Humana to put on the inaugural event. Now, the symbol of appreciation is just a simple pin, but it carries a big message. And one of the supporters said it has come to come to a time now that we can actually recognize those who served over there. And many of them talked about just how difficult it was when they came back. Can you imagine they go through that difficult time and they came back and they said, well, we got into numerous fights. I couldn't even go to the grocery store in my uniform because there was such dissension in the country that time over Vietnam And another person, another one of the veterans said, it was not fun being over there because people were shooting back at you when I was over in Vietnam. A lot of people, and of course many of my friends, didn't come back except in a body bag. And to be honored now today is not just for me, but to remember them as well. What a powerful, powerful message. And to all of you Vietnam veterans out there, and I know we have so many who listen to the Rita Cosby Show, welcome home. We love you and we appreciate you and deeply, deeply appreciate your service. Well, we are talking about the crisis 
at our U.S. southern border because, boy, is it a crisis. You heard from Tom Homan describing just the overwhelming numbers expected to be about 5 million illegal migrants crossing into the United States this year. That is a stunning number. And now in New York City alone, basically they're being put up in hotels that are $300 a night. It's going to cost, they anticipate, taxpayers $300 million. Uh, And in the middle of all this, it looks like our president isn't doing anything to plug the hole at the border. They're still coming in. I mean, the national security risk is unbelievable. And I've said this on the show. I really feel like this is a dereliction of duty. It is outrageous that our U.S. southern border is so wide open and it is such a leaky sieve. And those who are right there on the front line see it every day including Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Daniels. And he said that this government, this administration really is derelict and that the drug dealers and the cartels and all of those people are making tons of money and they're having a field day. Take a listen. We are being outpaced here by the cartels, mainly because we're absent the federal government. I got a governor. I got uh, my mayors and community leaders and citizens are saying sheriffs enough's enough. And I 100 percent agree with them. We'll continue to uh, address it. But when you have 2.2 million just this year of encounters since on federal fiscal year, another four to five hundred thousand gotaways, 500 some deaths. Again, I've said it on your show and many other places. This is the largest crime scene in the country. We need President Biden. We need Secretary Mayorkas. We need Congress to step up and help us. Uh, secure this border because the return on this is going to be just horrific. Wow, it is frightening. And somebody who knows the border all too well is our next guest. She's an award-winning journalist, a Fox News contributor, and has spent so much time talking to the migrants right there at the border. Also just got back from Central America. And joining us now is my friend Sarah Carter. Sarah, great to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show. It's great to be with you, Rita. It's great to be back in the United States. And I got to tell you, when I was listening uh, to your monologue to this segment, you know, about what's happening in our nation at the border, I have to say it's far beyond dereliction of duty. I mean, this is purposeful. This administration has created a policy that not only is harming the American people and our national security, but leading to the deaths of migrants and people being trafficked into our country by some of the most horrific and nefarious groups you can imagine. And while I was in Central America, that's what I was focused on. What is happening to the children? Who are the cartels that are moving these folks from point A to point B? How many people are we expected to see this year? And Tom Homan is 100% on board, and he's right. We are going to see millions of people like what you talk about in New York City. I mean, look, come on. New York City, the mayor is worried about, you know, the 6,500 or so that have come in over the weekend. It's going to be far more than that. But they back and support an administration that actually allows this to happen, that exacerbates. This isn't about being anti-immigrant. This is pro-immigrant when you say, please follow the law. Don't let these children die. Don't put these people in the hands of these cartels. Right now, two um, migrant children, this is, I mean, on top of so many more, drowned in the Rio Grande. We're seeing thousands of people crossing, especially in Eagle Pass. We've seen over the weekend 
um, thousands of people moving across. Uh, a five-year-old girl from Guatemala lost her life. Her mother was trying to make it across, and the coyotes just pushed her towards the water and said, this is where you need to cross. And they don't realize that there's a rushing river underneath them that just scoops them up and just sweeps their children out of their arms. There was a baby, uh, a, a Border Patrol agent was giving this baby CPR, you know, a young little baby that's now at San Antonio Community Hospital that's sitting there um, two months old that probably isn't going to make it. If you care about human life, if you care about these people that are migrating towards the United States, then we'll have laws, then we'll have a process that will allow them to get here safely, and we will take the money out of the hands of the drug cartels and the human traffickers. But it appears that our government is working with them because they're allowing it to happen. You know, and Sarah Carter, who has spent a lot of time at the border, is uh, with us now here on the Rita Cosby Show. Sarah, I think about money, too. I mean, they are getting so rich, these cartels, at the expense, just as you so beautifully and powerfully talked about, at the expense of these poor folks. So I never blame anybody for wanting to come to America Um, You and I both love this country so much, and it is the greatest country in the world. I always say I don't blame anybody for wanting to come here. It's it's a gift to be an American, I always say. But but the fact that these cartels are taking such advantage, um, obviously physically, uh, there are, you know, sexual assaults, but financially, too, you sit there because – they're charging. I was seeing anywhere from it's like seven to twenty thousand or so, and they're charging them on the back end uh, at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then they're charging them again. Often, like you know, this, there's and I'm sure you've heard this. They bring them into the United States, and then they say, "Hey, do you want to see Johnny still stay alive in America? Now you got to pay us again." I mean, it, it is heartbreaking. That's one hundred percent, Rita. You're absolutely right. Um, when I was in El Salvador. Uh, recently, just last week, I was talking to folks that had been actually trafficked to the United States, and then uh, they voluntarily returned out of fear. Uh, there were two women. They voluntarily returned back to El Salvador uh, because of that very reason. Um, they pay off the front over $12,000, $15,000, which is incredible, which is usually indebted to them. So that now they're indebted to the cartels, meaning they're going to be working. Um, they're either going to be forced into uh, sexual rings or a type of slave labor here in the United States. We've seen that happen. Um, it's incredible what happens to people. Um, and this journey is is very dangerous. And also, I'm not going to just you know, talk about the humanitarian or that everybody's good because not everybody's good. And even some of the people that are being uh, trafficked to the United States will say, look, I was with with men that were prisoners, you know, or just released from prison and they were coming to the U.S. or people that whose intentions were bad, who were planning on coming to the United States to um, traffic narcotics or join, uh, you know, gangs that are already here or, you know, cartel distribution rings in the United States. And just look at the amount of fentanyl, Rita, that has come into our country, um, you know, in counterfeit pills and how it has led to the deaths to so many Americans and so many children. And I'm not talking about just heroin addicts or people on the street. That's bad enough. You know, when we see our, our own generation of young children wasted on narcotics and this addiction is, is a terrible thing. But what about counterfeit pills where somebody takes a pill thinking it's an Oxycontin or a Percocet and they die immediately because it's a fentanyl. It's a pure fentanyl tablet. And right now, um, just in Arizona, there was a huge bust 
millions of fentanyl pills that literally looked like, I would describe them like Flintstones vitamins for children. They look like candy. So imagine how much more has come into the United States. I call this the regular warfare because it is. Our border is wide open. Um, the Chinese are taking advantage of that with the fentanyl. The Mexican drug cartels are as well. And the hundreds of billions of dollars, and I'm talking hundreds of billions of dollars, that these cartels amass in Mexico and throughout Latin America rival our federal law enforcement. They just, they just disseminate our federal law enforcement when you think about it because they can't keep up with the cartels and they have their hands tied behind their backs our federal law enforcement officers because the administration is not allowing them to do their jobs and i really want the american people to understand that how crucial this is that we pay attention to this this is really about the future of our country it is about the future of our western hemisphere um, it's about the future of our children and what we're willing to fight for. And we really need to find people that are going to be able to do a, a balanced look at this border and stop this insanity from happening um, for everyone's sake. It doesn't matter what political party you belong to. If you care about people, if you care about the country, and if you care about your children and our children, you will fight your lawmakers to make a change. You will call them. You will do whatever it takes. We really have to do something because it's just that critical. It is. And it is absolutely frightening that there's been so little attention. I mean, our president hasn't even gone to the border. I want to get your reaction, Sarah Carter, um, to this, because this is Mayor Eric Adams. And meanwhile, it's only a few thousand that have actually come to New York City. Um, And I think even less by the buses. It's just a few. It's like under a thousand, I think, that have been. But the buses keep coming from Texas. And. To your point, Sarah Carter, he should be criticizing President Biden. But no, he is just throwing constant barbs at the Texas governor, Greg Abbott. I want to listen to this and then have you respond. But here is Mayor Eric Adams the other day just blasting not Biden, not the open border policy, but Governor Abbott, who's putting them on the buses to New York. The only way we are able to communicate with the number of uh, migrants that are coming in is through the bus company. Uh, the governor of Texas is not giving any information at all, uh, no matter how much we try to coordinate. Crisis calls on coordination. And he has been really uh, just uh, a person who's mean-spirited in the area of helping people in, their times, in a time of need. So he's going after, he's calling the governor of Texas mean-spirited, but giving the president and the vice president and everybody in this administration a pass, Sarah. is exactly what he needs to be doing. He is exposing the criminality of what our administration is doing at the border, this wide open border, and showing it to the entire country. What the mayor wants and what the Biden administration wants and whoever else supports this insanity that's going on at the border, this open borders policy, is they want it to be hidden. They want people to just show up like they do in the middle of the night on these late night flights, landing in cities throughout America, and then just somehow disappearing into the fabric of America like they just showed up out of nowhere, like some kind of magical uh, trick by someone. And then all of a sudden, you've got another thousand people in your city. 
what Governor Abbott is doing, what, uh, you know, I think Governor DeSantis is very well uh, spoken about this as well, is saying, look, America, the border is not just the border anymore. This isn't just about Texas handling the influx of millions of people or Arizona or California. The border is every state in our union. It is at every state in our union. We are exposed across the board by not only our national security implications, like you so rightly mentioned, Rita, when you talk about the terrorists, people linked to terrorist organizations that have been apprehended at the border, and it's only like over 50 since the beginning of this year. And I say only because we've had over 800,000 known gotaways in our nation. Those are people that we have not like formally encountered or run checks on that have disappeared into our system. And what they're angry about, and the Democrats in this case are very angry about, and I would say even some establishment Republicans that, that you know, like to have cheap labor maybe or who are, who, are, who are ignoring it and turning their head away from it, they like the idea of Americans not paying attention to this. And what Greg Abbott and others have done is say, no, what, wake up. We're going to pay attention to this now because now they're not going to be able to just disappear throughout the nation in the secrecy of night. We'll just ship them to you. They want to go to New York. We'll put them on a bus. I think Greg, you know, Greg Abbott, if they're not going to send them back and the migrants say we want to go to New York City, okay, we'll send them to New York City. And I think the frustration that you're going to hear from so many Americans and from people all across the country, it's not that they don't care. Everyone I talk to cares about immigrants. My mother was an immigrant from Cuba. She came here in the 1960s on the Johnson Freedom Flights. I'm on her side, the first generation born here in America. I speak Spanish fluently. I eat Cuban food. I love it. Um, I love immigrants. I spend a lot of time in Mexico and Central America. I love the people. I love the culture. And they know it. And I'm following a family now that is actually on the road in the middle of Guatemala trying to get here. And I'm just trying to make sure, you know, stay in touch with me. Are you still alive? What is going on? How is your children? We care about these people. We care enough to say Something has to be done to stop it. And I think, Rita, the only way we can do that is by shows like yours, factually based shows that get the truth out to the people that there is a very serious problem at hand. It's not like it was before. It's far worse than it's ever been. And unfortunately, I was in, I was in uh, you know, Central America, and the situation is expected to get even worse than what we could ever imagine because right now Honduras is opening its gateways. And I don't know if people realize why this. is that? Yeah, what, what's going on the there? What's, why is that happening? Oh, because it's now become a pol- political jockeying, political jockeying for, you know, for politicians in Central America to fight against one another. And uh, what people have to realize is that Central America is really wide open because much like the European Union, people in Central America, if you're from El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, you can travel freely between those countries with your pass, with your pass. And if you come from Africa now or you come from Afghanistan or you, you come from other parts of the world, which I spoke with President Jamete in Guatemala last week, and he was saying, you know, they have literally picked up people, uh, their immigration officials from Afghanistan, from Somalia, from other parts of the world. And I said, well, then, hey, what do you do with them? Once you get them, how can you repatriate them back to countries, even like Syria, 
where you have no working relationship or knowledge of even if these people are actually from there, if they don't have identification. He goes, uh, well, we can't. He goes, we end up sending them right back to the country that they just came from, which is either Honduras or, you know, uh, Brazil or someplace else. Uh, so this is where the problem lies. This is a multifaceted issue that will require not only our government to stop with this um, insane border policy, which I believe is uh, detrimental and which I believe they've done on purpose, but it will require an effort by the entire Western Hemisphere now to stop it. And that is much like what President Trump had in play towards the end of his presidency um, when they were working with Central America and saying, hey, guys, uh, we're willing to help you, uh, but as soon as you start pushing people in our direction, we're going to cut off the funding. We're not going to help you anymore. Um, and we have to work with Mexico as well. But I think the problem has become so serious. Uh, the message is heard loud and clear, clear now across the globe, uh, Rita, and it's in Syria. You're getting people from Afghanistan. You're getting people from Pakistan, India, China, from all over the world who are talking to relatives here in the United States that made it across that border and who are getting assistance from our government, um, car blanche. And a lot of people are wondering, should we even apply through the legal process anymore? Because wow. the border's so wide open that maybe it's easier to get in illegally. So wrap your brain around that and imagine what's going to happen in the next few years uh, as those numbers start to grow. Wow, really stunning when you just said that. They're just saying, hey, let's just go because it's a big old neon sign, sadly, at our southern border. Uh, you are such a terrific journalist, my friend. Sarah Carter spent so much time. And Sarah, you got to come back on again soon. I know that you're going another visit uh, to the border of Honduras, uh, also returning to just a whole bunch of different places in Central America and also to South America um, when you go back, you got to make sure you let us know. We'd love to have you back on anytime, my friend. Thanks so much for being with us. I look forward to it, Rita. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The great Sarah Carter, Fox News contributor, who spent so much great time at the border. And we're going to take your calls, everybody, when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, everybody, to let you know, I am proudly supporting the Tunnel to Towers 5K Walk Run New York City again this year, which is on Sunday, September 25th. And I need your help. Help us remember those lost on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps and let's do it together it's simple to support my team this year in the Tunnels to Towers 5K Walk Run. Here's what you do. You have to go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com. That's walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate to my team. I am trying to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network. And all the proceeds go to the Stephen Siller Foundation. Thank you for your support. As together, we support America's heroes with one of the largest 5K walk runs in New York City, probably one of the largest in the world. And again, everybody, go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com. 
Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate today. And everybody, that does it for the show today. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the fallout from some of these primary races that we've been talking about with our Bob Brown here on the show. Again, Carolyn Maloney, longtime New York Congresswoman, loses in a big defeat against Jerry Nadler. Also, uh, we know that in Florida, Matt Gates gets reelected, at least in the primary, probably will win, but at least wins his primary there. Um, also, uh, Salazar, Maria Salazar, and Charlie Chris, the Democrat, wins his primary, and he will be the person who's going to go up against Ron DeSantis in Florida for governor, him trying to take that seat back again as governor again. We'll be following all that, talk about the reaction, that, and a lot more. It's been great being with you. You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.